0: Today in Canadian History for February 10th, I'm Mark Affeld. On this date back in 1946, the RMS Mauritania II carrying over 900 war brides. The ship had embarked from Liverpool, England, and marked the first major arrival of what would eventually total almost 44,000 war brides to Canada. War brides didn't just come from Britain, they also came from countries like Holland, Belgium, and France. To learn more, I spoke with historian and author of War Brides, the stories of the women who left everything behind to follow the men they loved, Melinda Jarrett. So so what exactly happened on that February day, back in 1946?
1: The very first official War Bride ship arrived at Pier 21 in Halifax, Nova Scotia, carrying 943 War Brides and their children on board. It marked the beginning of what the press called Operation Daddy, and it was a sort of a jocular term to describe all these fathers waiting in Canada for their little babies and their sweet wives to arrive on Canadian shores because they had been waiting a long time. Uh, the men had been repatriated in May 1945, and here we were, in January and February, March, April, 1946, and the war brides were just starting to arrive. So the first ship was on left Liverpool on a cold, foggy morning, and it was a long four days on a on a ocean tossed uh, um, waves, which were it was a bad bad weather in the middle of February across the Atlantic. Many war brides uh, became very ill, uh, because I've spoken to some of the ladies who were on that trip, and they arrived in Halifax uh, four days later and were very glad to see land and seashore.
0: Was it a smooth transition for most of the women and children arriving in Canada?
1: The arrival was where the fairy tale ended and real life began, because then they had to uh, you know, adjust to a brand-new life with a husband whom many of them really didn't know very well or hadn't seen, and you know, in many cases for over a year or even longer, and um, with babies that may not have been born before their husbands left, and, uh, you know, a whole new culture, a new religion in some cases, a new language, Sometimes a completely different ethnicity as well, especially out in Western Canada, uh, where you had many uh, Eastern European uh, settlers who had come at the turn of the century, and their children had joined up in the Second World War. They were first-generation Canadians in many cases, and um, they, you know, wanted to show their loyalty to, them, to Canada, and they joined up and as volunteers. So many of these young boys, you know, had been gone since the beginning of the war, since September 1939, and they too were strangers in their own, to their families in Canada and to and to Canada itself, because they had been living in Britain and and fighting a war in Europe for the last five and six years. But they also had to, you know, adjust to the life that was now facing them in the future with a new wife and sometimes children and having to take care of them and, and, and be the wage earner in a society that was going through some major economic um, upheavals in post-war Canada. Their housing was difficult to come by, a job was impossible to get, and, you know, it it was difficult for everybody.
0: Now, obviously not counting their husbands, were these women welcomed by Canadians?
1: war brides arrived in canada initially there was a big to do about them and they were embraced by the local communities the you know the women's institutes the ladies auxiliaries the catholic women's leagues the iode's the anglican church women all the different women's organizations really went out of their way to welcome them into their communities small and large and in those first few years like the red cross and the Salvation Army, they'd have big, great, big parties at Christmas time, and and you know they'd be in the social calendar. The, late, the little English war bride who just arrived in a small community, it would be in the paper. So everyone was really quite happy to have them around. But you know, as time passed, the reality was that they started having children, and depending on where they lived in small rural communities, there was no way to get to these meetings in larger centers. So unless you lived in a city, say Calgary or Montreal or Toronto or Vancouver or Fredericton or Halifax or any one of the, you know, larger centres with a transportation system, maybe taxis, uh, you'd have no way to get there. So you really didn't attend these meetings because in your small rural communities you had had a lot to handle. You had probably a farm to take care of. You know, 50% of war brides came to farming, farming families. And, um, you know, cows had to be milked, children had to be raised, hens had to be taken care of, you know, husbands had to be fed, and children, and it, you know, life went on.
0: Today is a day full of Canadian history. The Treaty of Paris was signed on February 10th of 1763, ending the Seven Years' War. The treaty forced France to cede most of its land in the colonies to England. Future journalist and Governor General of Canada Adrian Clarkson was born in Hong Kong on this day back in 1939. And as always, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History.
1: Today in Canadian History is produced by CGSW 90.9 FM. The executive producers are Joe Brima and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher, and May Trio. Our series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cjsw.com slash today in Canadian history.
0: All right, today's episode, we end not with a question, but an awesome piece of trivia. Did you know that there is a town, a parish actually, in Quebec, by the name of St. Louis du Ha Ha, and the Ha Ha, it's spelled H A exclamation point H A exclamation point. It's true. Look it up.